Welcome to the Kingdom Educators Podcast, where we empower Christian teachers to grab a hold of heaven's hope-filled perspective so you can activate transformational impact in your classroom and community. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to wake up to your strategic placement as a Kingdom Educator, anointed by the Creator and equipped by all of heaven to release the radical goodness of God that will transform lives and reshape education. excited for today's episode. I have April Reuter with me. Welcome, April. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And April and I actually just met today on the screen (laughs) through Christian Educators. And April is an elementary teacher in California. And I'm excited to have her on because she really has a passion for hearing God's heart and his, what he's speaking to her in her classroom. And then just, she's been working with Christian educators and learning her teacher faith rights in the classroom. It is really um, finding herself thriving as a teacher on mission in her classroom. And so I just am so grateful that you said yes, April. <laughs> oh, thank you. This is, I love opportunities like this. Anyway, bless other educators. So April, will you tell us a little bit about your heart for teaching on mission and just give us more of a picture of what that means to you? Yeah. So I've been teaching for many years, mostly elementary. The first half of my teaching career, so when I started, uh, it was mostly just, you know, I was a teacher that was a Christian and I, I had a heart for ministry and I loved my students, but I was pulled a lot at church and was doing missions and different ministries there. And so when I looked at my classroom, I saw the needs there and behavior was increasing. And I thought, honestly, I would be more useful or I could um, accomplish more ministry-wise and really pouring into these kids if I was out of the classroom. I thought maybe if I was out of the classroom as a missions pastor, I could adopt a local school and uh, we could start doing some creative things that way. Mm -hmm. So I started seminary. I went to Fuller and I took a two-year leave. Oh, wow. I know there's a lot to the story. This is the mini version. Okay. And thinking, yeah, really with the mindset, you know, God, I think you've called me into full-time ministry. My dad's a retired Presbyterian pastor. So yeah. So I was like, "I, I think this is where God has me. So in that process, um, and there's a lot to it, a few catalyst moments while I was subbing full-time and looking to get hired at a local church somewhere, the Lord revealed to me, no, I want you in teaching. I want you back in the classroom. And I was really like, no, I don't want to do that. Even my dad was like, no, April, God has a purpose for you there. And I thought, no, I don't want to be there. It's too tough. The kids are hard. I, I, you know, I think I need, but the Lord brought me back. I had this experience subbing and um, was connecting with former students. And the Lord just revealed to me because he closed a door to a church that I, that was looking to hire me. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, wait a minute, I think God wants me back in teaching. I'll share really briefly this experience. So I'm subbing in this high school class. And it's home ec, and I'm connecting with some former students. And this really obnoxious kid in the back of the class goes, something's different about you. 
<laughs> and you just share the gospel. Well, you know, but I said, you know, I'm not interested in sitting behind a desk and just reading a newspaper. I want to find out, you know, your purpose, you know, what your destiny, where, where you're going to go in life, you know, and so, you know, like kingdom language without saying too, too much, but he, it made an impact on him. He stood up, he started to clap. Wow. Cause I had been turned down the day before mm-hmm. with this church that was going to hire me. And I was so bummed. And in that moment, the Lord said, April, this is where I've called you. So I went to the district. I withdrew my leave of absence and I returned. I thought, okay, God, I'm ready. What do you want to do? So at that point, when I returned to teaching, I knew it was going to be different. And I wasn't sure how, but over the course of time, it went from, you know, starting a a mentoring program, which went okay, and, and starting a Bible club to really engaging in day-to-day spirit-led teaching. Okay, God, what are you going to do in my students this year? Uh, what are you revealing to me about them that I can speak into their lives, you know, about who they are? You know, I mean, there's so many different things God's done. So, you know, I went from being like, oh, the fear of man, I can't say anything into the clap, you know, the classroom to having prayer break out on the floor and going, well, you know, <laughs> I, God, this is amazing. I never thought kids would be praying in the classroom. So my fear of God wow. is definitely more than my fear of man. So I honestly, I a lot of the stuff, the stories that God has done in my classroom, I'm not that creative to think up, you know, mm-hmm. I just like, okay, God, what are you going to do? So wow. Sure. And in the midst of it, it is still exhausting and there's still the behavior problems, mm-hmm. but I have tools now, you know, I know, you know, walking in authority in the classroom, which I didn't really know about before. So when you were deciding to step away from teaching because you could have more impact, you thought as a mission director, had you only taught for a couple of years at that point? I had taught for 12 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was 12. I know it was really like in the middle of my career. Yeah. And those, those two years that I took off, I actually got them as far as my years of service, if you can imagine this, because I subbed wow. every day in the district. Okay. From, you know, band to, you know, special day to kinder. So wow. yeah, they actually added that. So I guess. You got some favor. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's so neat too when I think about even for myself in the, you know, early 90s, late 80s, it's like this time where the church was still very when you do things with the church, this is the mission opportunity. But when we work in business yeah. or education, it's separate from doing like the mission work of God. And I love how in this day and time, there's such a different perspective on like, no, I can be a teacher on mission. I can be a business owner and I can still walk in kingdom ways. I can give words of encouragement or some people call them prophetic words, right? So walking in this way of like hearing God's voice, acting on it and seeing him move. It's so powerful. Okay. So I totally want to hear about some of these stories. Please tell us at least the one of the kids on the floor praying. I have to hear that one. You know, it's funny. I had this mentoring program that I had started and I, I was like looking for ways to get churches on the campus. And 
And there was this little girl that she had a big cross around her neck and she's like, Jesus is teaching me to read. And I'm like, wow, that's great. You know, but, um, this was like first second. Yeah, that was first. I was like, what? That's awesome. You know, and our, my principal has been so supportive. I'm on my second one. But when that started to happen, I thought, wow, you know, God, you're so good. And, and what you're doing here, I, Aside from the teaching part, that first year back to the district, God put me at a little school that's kind of like my little Africa, you know, it's, yeah, low income area, you know, a lot of needs, a lot of challenges, and the the staff was very toxic and uh, challenging. And so before I can tell you the prayer story, I have to tell you, the Lord gave me a vision for just how to pray for my campus. And, but that year I thought, you know what, I want to bring people to pray so that God can move on my campus. Oh, that's so So great. I rented a high school auditorium and invited the churches of the city. And I said, let's start praying for our schools and our students and wow, over. So that was, um, 2009. Okay. So now it's a citywide event. That's a whole nother story. Wow. City council with the public safety, with, you know, nonprofits and the schools, the Bible clubs. So wow. it's an, I coordinate every year. You So you're still doing it? <laughs> it's at a hotel. Okay. So kind of like I'm a prayer, like a city leader, and I oversee the clergy of the city. So that's wow. another. <laughs> so I know it's like there's too much to share, but my heart in starting, it's called Pray Norwalk. My heart okay. in starting that was really to see God move on my campus because I thought, God, it's got to be different. If you brought me back, you know, yeah. to teaching, it can't be like it used to be. Yeah. And so after we did these prayer gatherings, I want to say it was maybe five, may, oh, I know it was 2014. Mm-hmm. When I started seeing God moving on my campus, this church, Freedom Church, moved into town Mm -hmm. and they would minister. And we have these little one-way streets right next to my school where the crime and, you know, so people always say the one-way is, you know, it's a bad part of town. Well, I've walked this and I really feel like we've redeemed that area. You know, it's like one way to Jesus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is in there ministering in the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And kids are coming to campus. There's this group of first graders and they're in my neighbor's classroom mm-hmm. and they're so on fire for the Lord. Okay. And I'm like, oh, they're not even in our Bible club. And they're like singing Jesus loves me. Like it's the coolest song. And they're praying for kids at recess. Wow. And, I'm, and I had nothing to do with it, but we have been praying over the city and mm-hmm. the fact that these kids come in. So They were in my next door neighbor's classroom in her first grade, and I teach second grade. Mm -hmm. So she's like, April, we got to use these kids. I mean, they just love to pray. So I would send my naughty boys next door to get prayer from the prayer team. So (laughs) they go over there. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, Ethan, why don't you go next door? Damien, you know, and so they would get prayer. When Damien went, he was like, wow, Miss Reuter, that was amazing. And then he came back and he's like, hey, it's your turn, you know? And so all those kids that were my naughty boys started going next door for prayer. 
and getting impacted. The the little leader of the prayer team was this little boy named Alan. And he would and he would pray and then all the girls would repeat. It was really cute. Anyways, the day that I and realized, the teacher was just like she kept on going and she just have him visit in the back. This is the stuff that people don't know on the news, right? <laughs> right. If, the if insider a, scoop. <laughs> if you've got a, a teacher that loves the Lord and knows, you know, the power of God. And so she was just giving these kids permission and, you know, authority, sure, go pray for him. And it happened one day when, and I had a really tough group that year. Mm-hmm. Every year I've got a tough group, but then the Lord reminds me, no, you don't call them that. You say yeah. they're an amazing group. Yeah. I'm changing my language. And then we end up having these amazing stories. So the boy Angel was having a tantrum on the floor. It's always an Angel, right? So Angel's having a tantrum and I call the office for reinforce, you know, like, hey, I could use some help. Well, my bad boys who ended up being my prayer team, they surrounded Angel and said, oh, we got this, Miss Reuter. We know what to do. So they start praying over him. I can now tell the story without crying. They start oh. praying over him. And I'm just in awe, like, oh, my gosh. So and, you know, they're like, are you OK, Miss Reuter? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. So Angel gets up. He's fine. Uh, Mr. Diaz, our computer tech, comes in to check. He's like, what's going on? Well, they're praying over Angel. You know, what do you say? And so Angel was fine. So after that experience. And he was fine with that or that was that weird to him? Angel was fine. No, he was totally, he was fine. He (laughs) went back to his seat. And so after that day, it became a regular thing in the classroom that year where those kids would just pray over kids wow. that were sick or struggling in the classroom. And what I realized, it kind of switched it up for me, even in our Bible club, teaching these kids how to pray and not be ashamed. You know, when you're in the classroom, if you see somebody that needs prayer, go for it. And it's teaching them how to love on one another and pray. And yeah, you like released them to go do what was on their heart. Like you made space. (laughs) Yeah. That year was the starting point for seeing really kingdom activity in my classroom at a level I'd never seen before. And so each year it's just been other stories, just an awareness of God, what do you want to do this year? You know, how do you want to move? So, and I realized too, the prayers in the city and the prayers over the streets were impacting my school. Yeah. So the dream, the vision that God had given me for, hey, call people to pray was starting to take effect. Oh my goodness. That is so cool. I love that. Cause I, I guess I'd never even thought about gathering like your citywide churches, excuse me, to pray together like we've got citywide prayer or like thinking of national day of prayer or things like that, but bringing them specifically just for schools and not just a school even, or a staff prayer walking around their campus, but like bringing in the community and giving them ownership in terms of their authority in Christ city transformation. Really it's bringing people together in that spirit of unity through the bond of peace. And then it's like, what do you want to see? What do you want to dream with God about what could happen in these schools uh, where we've got some kids that need some touch of heaven? <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Oh, oh man. wow. So uh, the Bible club, how did that all begin? 
you know, Christian, what is it? Uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship. That's an organization that they've really gone the extra mile and like fighting in the at the Supreme Court level to get the rights to say, hey, we should be able to have after school clubs. Mm-hmm. And they're masterful in the way they do it. I'm always recommending as I visit churches in the city and say, hey, do you guys have a club? You know, we've got New River needs one and, you know, get some clubs. It's funny. And I love their CEF and they're very organized, but I wanted a little freedom to do my, you know, to not necessarily be on the same page with them, yeah. you know, like, hey, maybe we might want to change it up a little bit. So this is hilarious. So I said, you know, it's like a little freedom. And then Freedom Church shows up and they're like, hey, do you guys have a Bible club? I'm like, God, you have such a sense of humor. I said a little freedom and then a little freedom showed up. And so our, our club it. is renamed Freedom Club. Oh, that's so they're great. They're not helping us anymore. They're now in Whittier, Freedom Church. Yeah, we've kept it freedom and I still have relationship with that church. What's been neat is like on Sunday, I went to a church in Norwalk just to connect. I'm getting excited about the year. And the church that I went to had uh, the worship leader was a music teacher at my school. At oh, one wow. time, he was rotated to another school. Okay. So said, you're a mu- you know, you got to come and play for our club. Said, oh, yeah. So he's going to connect with another music teacher. So they're going to lead worship for our club sometime soon. Wow. Which is neat. It's neat to have the other teachers being seen yeah. By the kids. So they know who the others on campus, although we have a lot of teachers that love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just been fun. We do worship. We, you know, we do teaching, you know, we've got a ton of Bibles. Sometimes we'll take the Bible and read together. We kind of do what, you know, whatever the spirit's leading that week. Mm-hmm. We're a little messy in the sense that we've got 70 plus kids signed up. So wow. wow. Yeah. And they keep coming, but they're hungry for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And especially when you've got, we have tough kids at our school and the kids that are often, you know, if they're teachers telling them, gosh, you, you're struggling, your behavior, this, they come in, they hear, no, you've got purpose. Jesus loves you. So we, yeah. it was put on the intervention list. Ooh. <laughs> So that's kind of comical. So do those teachers refer them to you then? Yeah. So they're like, hey, we have some more slips. We need to sign some more kids up. (laughs) So yeah, but it's just been neat seeing what God has done through the years. So we started off 15 to 20 and it's just kind of grown. So wow. Wow. Up to 70. Yeah. And growing. Yeah. So do you meet in the gym? Or the cafeteria or? So we used to meet in the kindergarten classroom because it was really long, uh-huh. but my friend retired. She's still helping. So we're kind of between two classrooms. So we'll worship together. We've got everybody in seats in the back and then the carpet is filled with like 30 <laughs> kids. It's a little crazy, but, uh, but then we can split up, you know, the older ones and the younger ones and do some more personal. Yeah time. The kids love to pray. You know, we've got mics. Mm -hmm. So we had a little TK girl. She was four. You can tell she's got a a pretty solid family because she was just praying 
away <laughs> before we went to Christmas. So she was cute. That is so neat. <laughs> you just have so many neat stories, April. I'm like, we probably could talk all day. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why at one point I've got to, <laughs> I'm trying to write things down to keep current, but there's always, there's always something fun. So April's dream is to get all these testimonies written down in a book. And I told her when she gets it done, she has to tell me so I can start promoting it. (laughs) Because reading these testimonies, not only like it is from Revelation 19, like the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Like when we hear something happening for someone else, it can happen for us. And not that it's like this magical potion of you did it. So it's going to work for me, but the reminder to press into Holy spirit, hear his voice and then move from there. Cause you, you've got a special calling at your school and there's a way that you're doing freedom club, but it would look different if I did it or someone else. And that's the beautiful thing is that God knows our kids. He knows what our community needs and yeah, he's so ready to deliver his voice. So we know what to do and how that's to so turn. True. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they too can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please visit kingdomeducators.com to receive your Kingdom Educator Daily Truth Declarations, my encouraging newsletter, and be the first to know about my newest resources online and in-person events. And be sure to find me on the socials at kingdom.educators. Until next time, don't forget you are a history maker and what you do every day is transforming lives.